Hey friends, thanks for joining in on another episode of Cast the Word. It's part five in our last episode in our spiritual fitness series, and today we're going to be discussing flexibility. Guys, thank you all so much for joining in on another episode today. Today we'll be wrapping up our spiritual fitness series, and if you've missed any of the previous episodes, please go back and check them out. This series begins with episode number 24, and in that episode we talked about strength. So, so far we've talked about strength, endurance, meditation, and stoicism. Um, and today we're going to be discussing flexibility, and, and in each of the previous episodes, each one builds upon each other. So in order to get the best snapshot of what what is needed to be spiritually fit, then I encourage you to go back and listen to all five parts of this series, okay? So today we're going to be taking a different look at our topic, discussing the definition of flexibility and why spiritually it actually may not be good for us to be spiritually flexible. So a little bit of a different take than our previous format. And uh, the reason I say that is because if you look back through parts one through four, then you can easily conclude to be spiritually fit, then we've got to have spiritual strength. We've got to have spiritual endurance and, and so on. But today we're following... A different format. So I hope that you stay with me uh, today in our episode as we go through this, because what I'm proposing today is that if we are to maintain our spiritual strength, we cannot be flexible. And I think that that makes perfect sense, and I, I'm confident that uh, we're going to get there together today. And I'll explain what I mean by that throughout the rest of this episode. So let's go ahead and just dive into this, our last episode of our spiritual fitness series. In physical fitness, flexibility is important, especially when it comes to strength. Stretching. And think about that for just a moment. We find that before or after a workout, there is often stretching exercises that must be done to loosen our muscles, to prevent any potential soreness. You know, flexibility is also important in other types of exercises and sports as well, like gymnastics or certain yoga exercises, many, many others. Uh, flexibility is, is just so important for physical fitness. But as I mentioned, for spiritual fitness, we're taking just a different look at the word today. The definition of flexible means to be capable of bending without breaking, to be able to be easily modified to respond to altered circumstances or conditions, and be ready and able to change so as to adapt to different circumstances. In a way, we can see similarities to this definition and how we must be spiritually flexible in, in a few capacities. One of them is, spiritually speaking, being able to bend but not break. We're going to face attacks and persecution in our life today, and throughout our trials, we must be able to maintain to the end so that we don't break. So in that sense, I agree. Spiritually, to be spiritually flexible, I guess, requires us to be able to bend but not break. But I'd argue in the sense of the word, it's not really flexible. It's not really being flexible. I believe spiritually it requires us to be the opposite, to be firm. Spiritually, it is not our flexibility that prevents us from breaking. It's our strength. It's our endurance. It's our stoicism that maintains us till the end. Why is that? Because in this stage of our spiritual fitness, we've matured to the understanding here that it is not our physical body that helps us endure through these times. It's not our physical or spiritual flexibility that helps us to maintain to the end. It's not our flesh that gives us that strength to endure. It's not our own minds or our carnal bodies that give us the ability to be stoic, 
throughout the difficulties we face. It's only Jesus. It's him and him alone and the Holy Spirit that gives us the ability to overcome and to endure to the end. There's nothing good in us. And I've said that several times in our previous episodes, and I know we all agree with that. Nothing is good within this body. I can't maintain to the end if I'm doing it alone. I need Jesus, the King that lives on the inside of me, to be able to do it through me and by me. So yet while we face these hardships and remain stoic, like we discussed in last episode, last episode we talked about stoicism and the importance of being stoic um, for your spiritual fitness. And we hear stoicism, and if you're familiar with philosophy, you, you immediately think Greek philosophy. That's not what we endorse in that episode. That's not what we talked about. Um, if you haven't checked that out, go back and check it out, and you'll see what I'm talking about. We must also remain firmly planted so that we can face the winds of this earth without breaking. So, you know, in the in the word flexibility, we see that in the definition, to bend but not break. But I'd argue, spiritually speaking, it's really our strength that helps us not break, not our ability to be flexible. Sometimes spiritually, flexibility can be our downfall. If we are too flexible spiritually and too easily able to adapt to different circumstances, then we are more capable of being in that group that uh, Paul talks about in Ephesians 4.14, being uh, becoming capable to be tossed to and fro and carried about with every wind of doctrine, um, like Paul outlined. Instead of being flexible, we must instead be like a tree planted by the rivers of living water that bring forth its fruit in its season, like what is outlined in Psalms chapter 1. The second part of the, of the flexibility definition says to be flexible allows someone or something to be ready and able to change so as to adapt to different circumstances. And there's no doubt today that the world is changing. Some might argue it's changing for the better, and others would argue it's changing for the worse. It just depends on your outlook. The fact is that according to the Bible, and that's what we talk about here, we don't talk about personal opinion or anything else. It's it's strictly the Word of God. According to the Bible and biblical prophecy, things will get worse before they get better. We read about this in, in the book of Daniel, in the book of Revelation. Uh, Jesus talks about it in Matthew 24. The fact is that this world government and the earthly systems of this world are going to get worse before it gets better. As believers, we cannot adapt to the world system. We must be strong. We must endure till the end, and we cannot be flexible on what the Word of God has to say. Men will continue twisting Scripture. They will continue taking out what they don't like or adopting doctrines that help them stay comfortable in their own sin, and that's not biblical. That's not the way we're supposed to live. But this is not the doctrine I'm going to ascribe to, and I believe if you are listening to this podcast, you agree with that as well. We must stand bold. We must rise up in love, not in hate, but we must rise up as a body of believers in love and let the light of Jesus shine through each and every one of us. We are called to do that. That is our duty, to stand up and let the light extinguish the darkness that is around us. We are the light of the world and the salt that can be tasted, not because we are all that, but because we have a king living on the inside of us. It's time for the children of God to rise up in love and show the king that's living on the inside of you. It's not a time for us to be 
flexible and to adapt to the world's standards. We cannot ascribe to the doctrines or preachers that do not preach the full gospel in its entirety, the good and the hard to hear. It all must be preached and it all must be taught. Now is not a time for prosperity or a bless me gospel. Now is a time for the believers in Christ to fall flat on their faces once more to pray for our society and to pray for our churches and our believers and our families and our friends as well. We've got to, prayer is the answer and we've got to spend more time doing that. It's time for believers to rise up and be leaders amongst their peers, to to carry the banner of our Lord throughout every interaction we have. Let Jesus be seen on the inside of you when you speak to other people and recognize through this endeavor many people won't want to hear this kind of message today. It's bound to happen. It's it's inevitable that there are people um, the world that doesn't want to hear the gospel of Jesus to be taught. They want us to shut up. And, you know, our response to that should be prayer and love. Hatred and finger pointing is never going to win any souls for the kingdom. Be a living epistle and a testimony of God's grace and mercy. That's the best tool we can use. And no weapon is better than prayer. Sh- uh, fighting back attacks with your tongue is is of the flesh. It's not going to be productive. Um, we've got to be strategic in our approach, you know, we've got to learn to pray and help ask God to guide us. You know, if we find ourselves in a difficult conversation, how do we best represent the kingdom? How do we best represent Jesus? Pray and ask the Holy Spirit to guide you, and I believe He will. But it all comes back to prayer. <laughs> it all comes back to prayer. And Leonard Ravenhill once said that no man is greater than his prayer life. And what's our prayer life today? Do we pray like we used to? Do we pray like we should? Maybe we need to re-examine that and consider in order to maintain a spirit of firmness, to not be flexible and adapt to the world's standards. The best answer, I believe, to that is to ensure and reflect on what our prayer life is and ensure that it's strong today, more than ever. We've got to teach and testify God's truth in its entirety in love. Men and women by nature are sinners, and most people don't want to hear the sin that they are living in to be called out. Nobody wants to hear that. It just creates a mechanism of defense, you know. No one wants to to hear their sin to be called out. It's just human nature. But while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. You hear that? None of us are perfect. We all fall short of the glory of God. He died for me before I was even born. Why? Because he loves me, and it's not his will that any should perish. He died for you, knowing the sin that you commit. He died for you still and and saved you by his grace and his mercy so long as you came to him and repented and turned from your your ways and acknowledged the lordship of, of King Jesus. You know, that's, that's his grace, and that's his mercy, and that speaks so many more volumes to people. God came to me and drew me into his salvation before I knew it's what I really needed. And he did the same for you. It's by his spirit that he draws us to salvation and prayer can help that come to fruition as well. It's his mercy and grace that saves us, not us trying to redeem ourselves by ourselves. That will never happen. When we interact with the world, we've got to learn to be strategic. We must stand firm, but we must stand in love and compassion, and we must not be flexible to what the Word of God has to say. And again, like I said, we've got to be strategic on how we communicate that, and we've got to seek guidance as well. We can't just go in and speak from the flesh and and hope that that helps somebody spiritually. We've got to pray, God, give me the words to speak. I, I know I'm about to have a tough conversation. I know I'm about to go into a circumstance where 
I have the ability and the opportunity to let the light of Jesus shine through me. God, when when I'm called upon, when it's my turn to talk at the table, God, help me be able to communicate effectively and coherently and articulate what I need to say that will magnify you in me. And that should be our prayer. You know, we, we've got to be humble about it. We're not going to win any souls for the kingdom by pointing fingers and by, you know, slapping people in the face with the Bible. Um, we've got to be strategic and, and preach the whole counsel of God. Don't get me wrong, but be strategic and be spiritual uh, by the way we say it, through the anointing of the Holy Spirit. He's going to help you. He's going to help you have that conversation. He's going to help you stand firm and not be spiritually flexible. But we need to pray for Him to put the words in our mouth and His thoughts in our head before we try to execute that on our own. As I said earlier, men try to tear out the pages of God's Word that they don't like, but doing so doesn't make it any less true. Romans 3 verse 4 says, Let God be true and every man a liar. Heaven and earth will pass away, but the word of God will remain till the very end. John 17, 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. The word of God is the only thing you can read on this earth and believe every single word in it. It's true, it's uh, honest, and it's everything that, that is written is going to come to pass. Every jot and every tittle will come to pass in the word of God. We need God's truth now more than ever. God is true. He cannot lie. People will disappoint you. Political agendas will disappoint you. Politicians will disappoint you. The government's not our answer. Republican, Democrat, or independent ideologies are not the solution to our daily conflicts. God and Him alone is the answer. God and Him alone is the only one that can save this world and this nation. 2 Chronicles 7.14 says, If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and heal their land. Notice here that God says He will forgive our sin and heal our land, but first, there are things we must do. We must first humble ourselves. This is so hard to do in a nation where everyone is right in their own eyes. We must pray and seek His face, another task that can be difficult to do when everyone seems to have time for everything else except getting alone with God. We must also turn from our wicked ways, another thing that can be hard to do when instead of running to God, we are crying for God's churches to be shut up and His Word to be put down. Only if we do these things, according to the scripture I just read, will God hear from heaven, forgive our sin, and heal our land. Listen to how it starts out. If, my people. And then we hear the description, the requirements of what's needed. And then it goes into the second part. Then I will hear from heaven. If my people, who are called by my name, will do these things, then I will hear from heaven. We've got to do stuff before God will respond. He's sitting on go. He's ready and willing and able to do what we need him to do to to help our society out. But there's a contingency there that we must fulfill a part of that obligation as well. Only if we do these things will God hear from heaven, forgive our sin, and heal our land. Friends, we so quickly shake our fists up at heaven, but God isn't the problem. The absence of God has created the problem. Instead of running away from God, we've got to run toward God. The absence of God has created the problem, not God's presence. We've got to lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares us and run our race with endurance. We cannot do any of these things if we are too flexible flexible, bending, and adapting to the world's standards and beliefs. Let me tell you, my mind is made up, guys. My wife and I have had some serious conversations the past few weeks about the persecution and the trials and the tribulations that may be coming our way for us just simply doing this podcast and 
you know, continuing in the ministry. You know, we really got two options. We can run or we can continue plugging along. And our minds are made up. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. We've made up our minds. The world isn't going to stop me. The government isn't going to shut me down. If I have been, if I have to be thrown in jail or killed, then so be it. My mind's made up. God has done too much for me to roll over and to be flexible to what the world is calling me to do. I'm not going to do it. So to the world, I say, turn up the furnace 10 times hotter because my mind is made up and I've got my eye on the prize. And I believe many of you do as well. But as believers, the time is coming for us to ask ourselves, do you have what it takes in you to endure to the very end? Better said, do you have the king living on the inside of you to help you be able to endure to the very end? Because you ain't going to be able to do it on your own. Or are you going to be flexible and adapt to the world and not stand on the word of God, its promises, and it in it in its entirety? The decision is up to you. Notice I'm not saying right now to be hate-filled or to shake your fists at people that oppose you. That's not the spirit in which I'm speaking about these things. We must maintain our spirit of love and compassion for the world. World. That is the king's love that's on in the inside of you that you will be displaying to the masses. We've got to embrace it and dispel it to the world around us. And watch how God's love, when enacted, can change the narrative and the dynamic of the world around you. But with that said, the time has come for us to make up our minds. We've got to decide. You know, we've got to draw the line in the sand and decide once and for all, are you with the world or are you with God? You can't have them both, guys. You can't adapt with the world and stay with God as well. The two are opposite of each other. We are not of this world. John 15 verse 19 says, If you belong to the world, it would love you as its own. As it is, you do not belong to the world, but I have chosen you out of the world. That is why the world hates you. Romans 12 tells us not to be conformed to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of our minds. James 4 verse 4 says, Don't Don't you know that friendship with the world means enmity against God? Therefore, anyone who chooses to be a friend of the world becomes an enemy of God. 1 John 2.15 says, Do not love this world nor the things it offers you. For when you love the world, you do not have the love of the Father in you. You cannot have a foot in the world and yet say you are on God's side. You heard the verses I just read, and I read them on purpose so you guys didn't think I was making this stuff up today. To love the world means to be flexible to the standards of God's Word, and we cannot be flexible to what the Bible has to say about us and about this world to this day. Spiritual flexibility will cause us to be tossed to and fro with every wind of doctrine, but that's not what we're called to do. It will cause a veil to be pulled up in front of your eyes where we lose our spiritual discernment and we be less able to understand what's godly and what's not. Spiritual flexibility prevents us from being able to endure to the very end. If we are too flexible, we will see the war coming our way and we'll tuck tail, cower, and run in the opposite direction. Yet my Bible tells me that we must wear the full armor of God and stand fast, prepared to fight the spiritual warfare that's coming our way. Ephesians 6.13 says, Therefore, take up the whole armor of God, that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand. 1 Corinthians 16.13 says, Watch, stand fast in the faith, be brave, and be strong. 
Friends, it's time to stop playing church. It's time to stop being flexible to the point where we ignore the truth that is in God's word. I agree with one aspect of that definition that we talked about earlier. The world's going to try to bend me. And while they can try all they want, I remain steadfast and confident that I'm not going to break. Not because I'm spiritually flexible, but because instead I maintain like a tree planted by the rivers of living water. I pray that the Lord will build up my spiritual strength and endurance to be able to endure to the end, and I pray the same for you as well. Don't let the traditions of men, the conversations or actions of men, get your eyes and get your mind off the king. Men can't save us. Policies can't save us. And legislation won't revive us. Only God can do that. And God is ready and willing, but the question remains with us. Are we willing to humble ourselves, pray, seek his face, and turn from our wicked ways? Are we willing to lay aside the sin that so easily ensnares us? Are we willing to get rid of our idols and worship the one true and living God? Are we willing to put on the whole armor of God so we're able to stand in the end. I want to leave you with the verse out of Colossians chapter 2, if I may. Uh, Colossians 2 says, As you therefore have received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in Him, rooted and built up in Him, and established in the faith, as you have been taught, abounding in it with thanksgiving. Beware, lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit, according to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead body, and you are complete in him, who is the head of all principality and powers. Friends, Christ is our answer. He's our answer today. He's always been the answer. He is still the answer, and he will always be the answer in the future. And I hope that I have been able to clearly articulate today the importance of us not being spiritually flexible, but instead to be spiritually firm, being able to stand in the midst of a hurricane, and to do it in love and compassion. That's the key that's missing today. There's people that are standing, but the key is to be able to stand in love and compassion. Not earthly love, but the love that God has given us. We should dispel that love to the masses. It's our calling, and, and I believe it's our duty to do so, to, to teach and preach the whole counsel of God, but to do so in love and compassion and uh, give the world something that it's missing today. It's so important. I also want to thank you guys for your support throughout this series. This has been my favorite series I think I've done so far. I've had a lot of fun doing it. We're ending part five today. So again, if you've missed any of the other parts, parts one through four, go back and check that out. This series starts with episode number 24. It's our strength episode. So go back and check them out because each of these episodes really kind of build upon each other. They're kind of progressive in a way. So it's important if you haven't done so to try to go back and make time to, to hear the whole whole picture of our spiritual fitness journey. Guys, thank you so much for, for listening and feel free to share with your friends if you feel led to do so, so we can all do our part to cast the word. Stay strong in the faith and I look forward to talking to you next time.